Have you ever been told, just have faith when you're going through a tough season in life? What about, remember, faith can move mountains when it seems like the future is bigger or darker than you can manage? Sometimes it can seem like faith is this thing that we have to obtain and hold on to for dear life, like if we white knuckle it long enough that it will become second nature to us to be and remain faithful. But faithfulness is not something that we create within ourselves, but rather something that we learn from God, our Father. It is something that we are taught by the Holy Spirit over the course of our lives. In Galatians 5, our text for this series, we read that faithfulness is the seventh fruit of the Spirit. The scripture reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. As I began thinking about this sermon, I started wondering if I've been a faithful friend, husband, and follower of Jesus. Have I shown up when needed? Have I been honest with tough truths? Have I made the effort needed when my friends were in need? Or as a follower of Jesus, have I been faithful to my relationship with him? Have I trusted his words and his works? All of this caused me to look at faithfulness from a few different perspectives. Starting with friendship, Jesus said he was our friend in John 15, 15, and gives us a glimpse of what a relationship should look like. A friend is someone who has proven themselves trustworthy and capable of coming through time and time again. We're not talking about human perfection. That was Jesus's job, but rather someone who makes the effort consistently to be present and to be available. They listen when you need to talk something out. They pick you up when your tire goes flat. And when something funny happens, they laugh along with you. They're present, they're humble, they're kind. In the end, they're faithful. The Greek word for faithfulness in Galatians 5 is pistis. It literally translates to fidelity, trust, and faith, relating to the character of one who can be relied on. Another way to describe it would be someone who is trustworthy and dependable over a long period of time, like Jesus. It describes someone who is consistently there. Do you get what I'm saying when I say that word there? Take a second to think of someone in your life who's just there for you. Now take that person as an example and dissect them a little bit. What makes that person so faithful? Is it that they love you well and are always available to listen? Is it that they are around when you're in need? Is it that you can trust them with anything, even your biggest secrets? Is it that they are someone who is consistently pointing you back to Jesus? The Bible gives us some examples of relationships that exude this type of faithfulness. One example is Jonathan and David. They had the type of faithful friendship that allowed for Jonathan to speak true, yet very difficult words to David in a time of utter implosion. We also see faithful friendship between Mary and Elizabeth. Yes, they were related by blood, but they were also friends to one another. As God used them to birth a prophet and the Savior 
He also bound them together in experience, something that is very important in friendships. This was obviously the experience of childbirth, but also the experience of serving the Lord on high. Jesus and his disciples is another example that shows us what it means to be a faithful friend. Jesus was the pinnacle of friendship in that he knew how to have fun at the drop of a hat and how to speak words of life into his friends' lives. The disciples, also being given a solid example by Jesus, knew how to be faithful friends. When Jesus would humbly ask them to stay with him through the night as he prayed, they would. Even when the disciples didn't know what was coming around the bend, they still said to him, Jesus, we're not going anywhere. Where else would we go? Faithfulness is also something that God teaches us about by showing us his own faithfulness. We read about it a lot in the scripture. People in the Bible are always talking about and writing about how God shows up time after time after time. In Deuteronomy 32 verses 3 and 4, Moses writes, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. And the Psalms, they too are full of God's faithfulness. Psalm 25, 10, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. Psalm 111, verse 7 states, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. And Isaiah writes of the faithfulness of God's plans. Isaiah 25, verse 1 reads, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans from old, faithful and sure. These are all wonderful scriptures that attest to the faithfulness of God. But we also have to take a look at the other side of the relationship, our side. You see, God is consistent and trustworthy in his faithfulness to us. Even when we mess up or go the wrong way, he is always there, faithfully working in and through us, setting things up for our greatest good. This other side, as I've called it, reveals a people, God's people, that can tend to be quite forgetful. We sometimes see the shiny new thing and forget about the faithfulness and trustworthy teachings of our Father in heaven. Remembering has to be a big part of faithfulness on our parts. I sometimes wish I had a better memory, remembering all those small moments where I was most happy or most satisfied. That'd be pretty great. I sometimes wish I had a photographic memory so I could retell all the old stories from my life. Forgetfulness was one of the Israelites' biggest character flaws and one of their greatest downfalls. The Israelites, being human, were prone to forgetfulness. Remember, it took almost no time at all for them to forget about God's faithfulness in freeing them from slavery to begin desiring their lives of slavery once again. That's the type of forgetfulness 
that I'm talking about, a forgetfulness that wraps itself up in the desires and the moments and the stresses of our lives. In the book of Isaiah in chapter 51, we're told that man has forgotten the Lord who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. But in remembering God's faithfulness, we are given a hope that can weather any storm. This is the type of faith that drove women and men of the Bible to do huge, world-altering things. They pushed forward in faith, remembering that a faithful God was with them. One of my favorite authors ever, Brennan Manning, put it this way, the ragamuffin who sees his or her life as a voyage of discovery and runs the risk of failure has a better feel for faithfulness than the timid man who hides behind the law and never finds out who he is at all. God has shown me his unending faithfulness time and again. He has shown up in ways that are easy to retell and in other ways that are hard to put into words. Most of these moments are when I forget about God's faithfulness in his call on my life. These are the things that he uniquely created me to do for his kingdom. When I forget about these things, I forget about how much God loves me. When I forget about these things, I revert back to trying to accomplish things under my own power rather than trusting God and his. I know that sometimes I have more faith in the chair I'm sitting in than I do the God of the universe. But this is common for the short-sighted hearts and minds of humans. Part of this is due to our inability to remember all of the moments and ways in which God was faithful in his own character and how he interacted with, guided, cared for, and loved us. Now, stick with me here. This might be a little mind-bending, but I think you'll follow. When we have faith in God's faithfulness, what we're doing is actively placing our trust and our hope and our expectations in God's hands. Now, I understand that having faith in God can sometimes feel like a tough thing to do. Maybe a few questions you can ask yourself would be, do you have a hard time believing that God is faithful? And if so, why? Do you find it difficult to put your faith in God? Do you believe that God is faithful even though you've been let down in life? Something that may be helpful to remember is that once the Israelites left Egypt, they lived in and traveled through the desert for 40 years. It may be difficult to see how God was faithful in that act, but he was. God was faithfully with the Israelites the whole time, guiding them with a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. He faithfully cultivated their faith. He fed them. He gave them water. He multiplied them, and he loved them. The fruit of God's faithfulness grew in the lives of these men and women, even though they may have been living in hard circumstances. What does that look like for you? Are you going through something and are waiting for God to show up? Are you waiting for the faithfulness of the Lord to pop up and show you a sign? It may be that God's faithfulness is producing fruit all around you, and it may just not look like the fruit you were expecting. 
In his book, Cultivating the Fruits of the Spirit, Christopher Wright says, God can be trusted even when hope and faith seem shattered on the rocks of sin and suffering. Faithfulness is both trusting that God guides you and leads you away from difficult things and that he will lift you up and heal you and restore you when you find yourself in the midst of them. On the same subject, Eugene Peterson states, no literature is more realistic and honest in facing the harsh facts of life than the Bible. At no time is there the faintest suggestion that the life of faith exempts us from difficulties. These days in which we live can sometimes seem stripped of hope and faith. Wouldn't you agree? But we know for sure that Jesus has given us an example of faith that transcends the world. He is the one who illuminates real faithfulness to us. Do you ever wonder what Jesus was thinking about as he prayed in the garden on that faithful night? Do you ever wonder what Jesus was thinking about God's faithfulness as he prayed in the garden on that fateful night? Do you think he trusted fully in his father's faithfulness? Jesus prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. In this very moment, Jesus was reiterating his faith in his father and that his father was a very faithful God. Jesus had total faith that God the Father was faithful to do exactly what he said he would do while also loving him and bearing fruit through his life. If we are called to live like Jesus, which we are, then we must deny ourselves and lay down our lives as he did. This is our act of mirroring Jesus' faithfulness. Jesus had faith in his Father in heaven and the work that God had sent him to do. We see this over and over again as we read through the New Testament. People are always interacting with Jesus on the basis of their own faith. As we remember, that's pistis in Greek. Some had little faith. Some had enough faith to move mountains. But faith was the key. Even a sick woman's hand brushing against the tunic of Christ as he walked down the street was touted as faith, a faith that healed her immediately. There was also the centurion whose faith was recognized as something that Jesus had not seen in all of Israel. The centurion blindly believed that this God-man was who he said he was and asked to be blessed by his power. And his servant was healed right that moment. On the topic of faith, Eugene Peterson said, faith is not a precarious affair of chance escape from satanic assaults. It is the solid, massive, secure experience of God who keeps evil from getting inside us, who guards our life, who guards us when we leave and when we return, who guards us now, and who guards us always. We must remember that even in our unfaithfulness, God remained faithful by sending his son Jesus to the cross for you and for me. Like Eugene said, God faithfully guards us from the reality of a life spent apart from him. 
This is the tangible action of love that God takes towards his children. And so let us go out today and this week and this month and for the rest of our lives and tell people of this wonderful faithfulness that God has shown and continues to show us. God's faithfulness is real and we are called to go and to tell the whole world about it. That journey might just start with you telling your neighbor about how God has been faithful in your life. Our country and world need stories of God's faithfulness right now in a big way. So let us be a people that consistently remembers God's glorious faithfulness in our lives. Let us give thanks and praise to God for the way that he always shows up and cares for us in the most unique and special ways. And in this thanks, show those around us the character of our God and King. Jesus, in the 17th book of Matthew, tells his disciples that all the faith they will need is that of a mustard seed. He says to them, this kind of faith will move mountains. A faith that even though small is real and concrete and sincere. Let us, this week, walk with Jesus and allow him to teach us about this kind of faith. Let's pray. Lord, this week, as we go out into the world, help us to remember how faithful you are to us. The faithfulness that you exuded through your son on the cross and also help us to live in the character of your son who is our example of faithfulness here on earth in bodily form. We thank you so much and we ask for you to help us to remember all of the ways that you've cared for us through your faithful love. We love you, Lord. Amen.